bitches, what's up? <laughs> I'm a little late to the game because I might, for some reason, I can't hear us on the headphones, so I can't, I can't hear when the intro stops. <laughs> so I have to like look at Jess while I'm, I'm like, watching Jamie. <laughs> like, and I, I won't give her like any cue until it's like right about time. <laughs> Anxiously awaiting. It's great. Um, so, um, if you didn't already know, you're listening to Hot for Justice podcast, yeah. and that's Jessica. And that's Jamie. <laughs> didn't mess me up this time. Ha ha. <laughs> Anyways, but yeah, we're back. Finally, sorry we missed a week. Yeah, we had a real rough time. Um, if after your baby shower, it really just took it out of yeah, us. Yeah, I was pooped, and we just didn't have. We just it just didn't work out to meet up. So yeah, last weekend was hectic. Yeah, there was a lot going on. Yeah, so we're sorry. It won't happen too much. Yeah, well, um, it might happen. I'm not gonna say it won't happen again because right, who knows? <laughs> and for the next month, when I will be unpregnant. <laughs> Unpregnant. So, <laughs> we were working on having some backups. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> for you in case I'm unable to record. Yeah, um, I have a few um, of my other bitches <laughs> that I have um, already pre-warned that they might need to. <laughs> yeah, fill in for me for a, yes. an episode or so. But we're gonna try to record some extras so that we have some. Yeah, we uh, want to try to have some like pre-recorded shit. Yeah, because yeah. I'm not going to be worried about this podcast <laughs> for a while. Um, oh, I mean, you will be having a tiny human that you'll have to make sure is alive. Yeah, so. exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. I don't remember who goes first, though. Um, that's actually a wonderful question. I'm going to go ahead and check real quick, because I'm a piece <laughs> of shit. I have no idea about anything. Um, I think I went first last time. Okay. Because I did the drugstore killings, yes. Oh, yeah. And that was a long one. That was interesting. <sighs> Yeah, so it's your turn. This week I have a long one. Excellent. Yeah. I have a, mine's like kind of short, but it's like weird. So yeah, mine's twisty. So mine's <laughs> solved though because it was That's just fun, too um, good to not do, like mm-hmm. too interesting. Um, but yeah, it's solved. And I have to shout out to Sam because she actually was the one who like I my mom had mentioned this case to me and I completely forgot about it because my mom knew the victim. That's still um, so bananas to me. When you were texting me, you were like, oh my god, like, my mom knew this person, uh, my roommate, like, knows someone that knows them, like, yeah, I'm yeah. just because, like, yeah, it's like small town, small town stuff, you know, so, um, but Sam was like, yeah, the Carlson case is interesting, so I was like, oh, it rings a bell, right, did some research, super twisty, so thanks, Sam, you rock, <laughs> yes, uh, shout, <laughs> and, um, so I watched a Dateline on this one, that's Ooh. how I got most of my information, okay, um, you can watch Dateline too, it's pretty interesting, um, but we're going to start um, in 1990 in Murphy's, California. Ooh. Small town. So um, Christina Carlson lived like kind of out of town um, with her husband, Carl. Carl Carlson. That's a hell of a name. I know. It is. And they're three kids. So. Um, Are they also named Carl? No, thankfully. <laughs> um, let's see here. Um, so this is around Christmas time. Apparently the window in the bathroom had been broken. And so he boarded it up from the outside. Oh shit. And he put 17 nails in it to keep it secure. Not 16, not, not 18. 17. Okay. Yes. Specific. Um, seems innocent enough. You don't want critters getting in your house or bears because it's a thing there. Fucking bears. <laughs> bears. <laughs> It is a thing. I, I hit a bear up there. Oh my god! I totally forgot about a 
couple months ago, I hit a bear in my car. Like a whole ass bear. A whole bear. And then I called my mom crying and I was like, should I see if it's okay? She was like, do you want to get eaten? I was like, that's valid. I didn't think of that. <laughs> yeah, you've angered it. You yeah, fucking hit I it with your car. so bad. I tried to stop. I slammed my brakes on. Couldn't miss it. It broke my bumper and my headlight. Had to get it fixed. I was pretty pissed about it. Anyways. <laughs> yeah, I think it was at uh, Audrey and Tony's. We all, we, I think you texted Audrey and I. I did, and, and I said, like, what I, hit, the fuck? I hit a bear. And you're like, excuse me? <laughs> People were like, you mean a deer. Like, my insurance was like, you mean you hit a deer. And I was like, no, I hit a bear. I know the difference. <laughs> By the way, I'm so sorry if you just heard like my, my Starbucks straw. Like, <laughs> I just was adjusting my chai. It's, so. it's a coffee day, you guys. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I was at a wedding last night, and I am I'm dead. And she's amazing and came here to my house because I'm too pregnant, pregnant and I, t- I can't survive anymore. Uh, it's fine. <laughs> Anyways, back to the story. Um, okay, so New Year's Day, 1991. A fire breaks out at the house. Carl's outside. The kids are inside. Christine is inside. He heroically goes inside, gets the kids out. Christina's trapped in the bathroom, can't get out because the window's boarded. Shit. The fire's right outside the bathroom door. She doesn't escape. She dies in the fire. Um, he, Carl had said that he thought that the fire started, like, it was ignited by maybe a faulty, like, electrical wire mm-hmm. or something, and they had spilled kerosene a few days in the house before because they had, like, a kerosene lantern or something. Okay, or I was like, like, what the fuck? Yeah, and they had spilled kerosene in the house, and he thinks that that's what, like, accelerated the fire. Right. Um, the sheriff's department didn't really, like, see anything, like, red flaggy, mm-hmm. um, and so he, Carl, Carl's originally from New York, so he picks the kids up four days after the fire that kills his 30-year-old wife, and he bounces town with all the kids. I mean, Back that's not York. sketchy at all. Right. So, yeah, so apparently Christina's from, like, the Murphy's area. Like I said, my mom knows her, or knew her, knew of her. I don't think they were, right. they weren't, like, friends or anything, but um, they, Christina and Carl had met in, like, Nebraska or North, one of the states that nobody cares about. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding, people. Um, because that's the bitch that lived in Kansas. I, exactly. That's how I can say that. <laughs> I'm allowed to. I, I mean, you're allowed to. I can't. Midwest yeah. is just something. No, I'm just kidding. I met a, a lot of, like, amazing people anyways. Um, yeah, y'all are great. Uh, <laughs> love y'all. Kansas is boring, but I love you people. Um, yeah, so. Actually, to be fair, Kansas is where you almost got shot. I did almost get shot. You should tell that story. I will after my story. Excellent. Okay. Sorry. I don't want to completely derail <laughs> Remind you. Remind me, though. Yes. <laughs> um, they met in Nebraska or something. They originally lived in New York for a few years, and then they decided to move to California, and then this happened. And they moved to Podoc Nowhere in California? <laughs> because that's where she was from. Oh, okay, got yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> and I think, like, her dad owned his own company or something. Oh, okay, right. he could, like, give Carl a job. I, I don't know exactly, but that's what the Dateline said. Anyway. So he moves back. Doesn't, you know... He gets remarried in 2002. They own some land with a barn and animals. Um, he had remarried a woman named Cindy. They had a son. Um, Carl had, you know, the three other kids, and his relationship with one of them was really kind of, like, off and deteriorating. His son was named Levi. Um, and Levi kind of, like, left the house at an early age, 17, I think the dateline okay. said. Um 
and then they kind of like move away from their relationship and they move into like one night Carl notices as he's going to bed that looks like their barn's on fire right so it was on fire he they lost their um they I guess they had like Belgian horses that sounds expensive they were and they died and the barn burned down and whatever so um you know they they move on they pick they they still live there no one like human was hurt just the animals um they rebuilt the barn whatever in 2008 um levi and carl's relationship had gotten better levi had two kids of his own he'd been married and divorced by this time yeah um he was young he was only 23 in 2008 so he often came over to his dad's house to help out, like, with work, housework, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so one day, Levi came over to help his dad work on a, an old pickup truck. Um, Carl and Cindy had gone to a funeral, came home. Carl went to go check on Levi, and Cindy comes in. She's telling her side of the story at this point. She says, Carl ran out of the barn. He's banging on the window saying, call 911. He found Levi under the truck that looked like it fell off the jack. Fuck. And she goes out there. She's on. You can hear the 911 tape on the dateline. I, I won't. But I'm no, <laughs> don't. It's yeah. She's like, it looks like he's been under here for hours. Like he's dead. It's like it's on top of his chest. Like his, he's crushed. Like he's dead. Um, he's only 23. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh my yeah. god. So Carl's brother, I can't remember his name. He was pretty close to the family. Um, and he said that it looked like the truck had been like jacked up in a really precarious way. There were no blocks under it. It was like a just kind of a flimsy jack. And so he kind of thought like Levi would have known better, but you know, like shit happens, I guess. They took Levi to the hospital, but it was just like was there was nothing, yeah, yeah, there was nothing he could do. Um you know, they said Carl kind of fell apart, but then he changed after that happened, after his son died. Um, he decided to start his own gourmet duck farm and he was raising thousands of ducks to sell to restaurants around New York. Yeah. I, I wish you all could see my face right now. <laughs> uh, there's just something about a gourmet duck farm. Yeah. That's just gross. Yeah, no thanks. Anyway, go on. <laughs> so he's like, you know, trying to get this business off the ground. Cindy's still kind of like processing what happened to Levi. Mm-hmm. And. Um, she had her concerns and it turned out that, oh, Mike, that's Carl's brother. His name's Mike. He had concerns too, but he never really like talked to them about it, you know, about it with Cindy. Um, she was struggling. She's drinking too much. She like was having a really hard time and she just, she decided to confront her belief that Carl killed his son. That's what she thinks happened. Oh no, that's probably a mistake, huh? We'll see. We'll see. So <laughs> I don't like where this is going, but come on. <laughs> um, authorities had ruled the death an accident. I mean, like, it seemed pretty cut and dry. Um, so eventually, at the urging of a friend, they were like, listen, you're struggling. You need to do something. So Cindy calls a PI. She tells the PI she thinks her husband killed his own son. Um, she remembers, which, was, which is what was bothering her, that before they left for the funeral, Carl had gone to the barn to check on Levi. And he was alone with Levi for a few minutes and then came out nothing seemed off they went to the funeral came back and then they found levi um the pi was really concerned and he started to look through some like old insurance documents and do some digging but he didn't want to call law enforcement until he had something solid yeah well cindy also had confided in her cousin this is by now this is in 2012 and she's you know was like i think carl killed levi cindy's cousin anonymously called the sheriff's office oh no 
so the sheriff's office contacted Cindy immediately, and she said she felt relieved, and she was, like, trying to cooperate with them. Okay. She ended up leaving the house with her son, and she said, I was I was moving around in hotel rooms. Like, we were trying to stay, because she was afraid of him. Yeah, I mean, that's fucking justifiable. Yeah. And so, um, <laughs> then she decided, like, I'm not going to be afraid. I'm going to, I'm going to work with the police. In the meantime, detectives are investigating Carl, and they learned that after Levi's death, Carl received $700,000 from a life insurance policy that had been taken out 17 days before his son was killed. Oh, Jesus H. Um, so Levi had gone to the insurance agency with his dad. They took out a $400,000 policy, but it had a $300,000 accident clause. Of course it did. Mm-hmm. Why, why would it not? Yep. So Carl told Levi, if something happens, I'll give it to your kids. You know, it'll go to your girl's. Well, they never got any money. Oh, Carl, why would they? <laughs> right? He used the money to make make payments on his duck business and other stuff. And what the duck? And <laughs> yeah, right, that's a good one. <laughs> We're killing it. Um, Sorry, I could not help myself. <laughs> it ended up being that he also used some of that money to invest in a new life insurance policy for his wife Cindy at the um at the sum of one point two million dollars. Oh, hold on. I would just like to say, for the record, I fucking called it. Yeah. <laughs> so. Cindy has well, she's, you know, she's well within her reasons to be afraid of this uh, dude. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then they keep digging. They find Carl made several more insurance claims over the years. In 86, he said his new, brand new car had caught on fire. He was paid $10,000 for it. He was um, paid for the fire that destroyed the barn and that killed the horses, um, almost $115,000 in insurance money. And he had taken out two life insurance policies on his two little girls. The, the two little grandchildren. The two girls. Levi's Fuck, girls. dude. Yep. So, like I said, Cindy was like, I can't do this anymore. She starts yeah. working with the police. So, she told Carl, I will consider coming back. I will consider working this out if you be honest with me. And she's wearing a wire. I was like, yeah, she's yeah. totally... Yeah. I was like, otherwise, like, I, I would have been very upset yeah. if it was... She just wanted to get him to admit that about the horses. She wouldn't... She didn't think that he would talk about anything else. Right. But I think that was a good move. Yeah. And so, um, he... She said he had told her, um... Well, they were in a restaurant, and it, it ended up being that the recording was inaudible. So... Yeah, so she said, I asked him, was it hard pulling the truck off of the jack or pushing it off the jack? And he said no. But the police, like, couldn't hear it, so it, it was just her word against his. So they tried again. He seemed I'm really so suspicious. <laughs> yeah. He seemed really suspicious about it, and he was like, well, like, how do I know, you know? Yeah. Anyways, um, she was able to get him to talk about it again, but he, what he said, and they have recording of this on the Dateline, he said that he denied pushing the truck off of it, but, quote, unquote, he took advantage of the situation once it happened. What a piece of shit. Yes. So, detectives brought him he in. He was fucking proud. Yeah. Oh, he thinks he's smarter than everybody else. <sighs> All De- right. Detectives are talking to him. He, like, denies that he killed his son. He's like, no, 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 no. Oh, I mean, yeah, why would he cop to it? That makes Yeah. The cops are like, this dude has a huge ego. We're going to play to it, right? Yeah. So, um... Oh, it was funny. A quote from his interrogation. What Carl said, you don't kill anybody for money. That's what he said. 
when they're asking him, like, no, I didn't do this. You don't kill anyone for money. Like, that's not right. <laughs> like, what? Okay. Wow. He's lying through his teeth. Um, basically, it was like eight or nine hours, and they basically got him to admit that Levi was dead before he left for the funeral. Stop. Um, he, he still didn't admit to, like, pushing the truck, but he said he left his son to die once the truck fell on him. <sighs> Um, and then after, you know, a little more prodding, he admitted that he caused the truck to fall by opening the door, but it, it, he kind of made it seem like he didn't think it would fall. Like it was an accident right. that fell on his son, crushed him. And then he walked off, like left his son to die. So they arrested him, charged him with second degree murder. He pleaded not guilty. Um, I mean, like, okay, even, even if he was being truthful, right. If he, if it accidentally happened. That, that's secondary murder, or at least... Or manslaughter. A hundred percent. Yeah. Idiot. Wow. Wow, so wow, 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 Mike, Carl's brother, wasn't surprised, but then he starts thinking about how his sister-in-law died all those years ago in Murphy's, right? Um, so, the, and investigators in New York were starting to look at his first wife's death, too, because they're like, this dude's, he's pulling the insurance money game. Nobody's mm. noticed all these years. Um, so investigators poured over reports that went back over 20 years. Um, it, it looked like State Farm, which was the insurance um, holder that had the policy, they brought in a, like an engineer or electrical person mm-hmm. named Ken Buskey, and he was asked to evaluate the fire before they paid out because um, he had a life insurance for 200, a life insurance policy for 200 grand on his wife, first wife. So and that's the 90s money. Yeah. <laughs> Don't know what it is, but um, yeah, it's, it's more than two hundred grand. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it looked like um, he Busky said first off, the kerosene looked like it had just been poured, not that it had been spilled several days prior because of how the edges were. Like normally, right. it would like evaporate, and mm-hmm. but he said there were clean edges. It looked like it had just been poured. Um, there was no evidence of like an electrical spark or anything that would have caused that. Um, he found that they, the investigators found that the plywood that was nailed in the bathroom, um, it wasn't actually through anything solid. So while, so if she had really tried, she probably could have busted out, but he could have too from outside. That's what they're saying. They're saying he's standing right there with the kids and he didn't even try. If he had gotten a tool and try to like pry it off, he probably could have saved her. Jesus H Christ. Yes. So, um, and then one of their daughters said, I heard mommy calling for daddy and daddy just drove away. Stop. The kids, they have, they're like, he killed my brother and he killed my mom. Like they have no doubts. So apparently Calvary's County Sheriff Department wanted to follow him to New York and like work on this, but the county said, no, they didn't have enough money to pursue it. And it just it just died. Oh God, that's so frustrating. And Busky was kind of pissed. He was like, this was not an accident. Right. But, but they couldn't, and he wasn't charged. So he got paid out the insurance money. Yeah. So (laughs) he, they questioned him about the fire. Um, he said he lied, like he lied. He said the window had been boarded up for months, but witnesses had said it hadn't been that long. Um, cause they had been out there and the window was still intact. He said he had ma- maintained major injuries from the fire trying to save his kids, but he didn't. He had a small burn. Like he's saying my, my, I was singed. I had burn. I had to what go to the hospital. Asshat. Yeah. And, um, they, they were like, no, you didn't. And they were like, you, you killed your first wife. Like this is all bullshit. <laughs> 
So, um, December 2013, he changed his plea in his son's case to guilty. He was given this minimum sentence, 15 to life. And then Calaveras County comes in in August of 2014, and they're like, you going down. So they extradited him <laughs> back here for the wife of, or the death of his wife, Christina. He's currently in Calaveras County Jail, and they think his trial is going to start September of this year. So That's bananas. Um, I Somebody that I know worked for the, the jail that I was talking to this about, like mm-hmm. I was talking about it with my husband and this person, and they were like, are you talking about – Carlson and I was like yeah because I hadn't said his name I was just right, saying right. the story and he was like yeah I talked like I talked even though he worked at the jail he was like he was a really polite dude and really um really clean and I'm like well yeah of course he is yeah he he's gotten away with it for 20 years I mean he being a cold like you're cold ass blooded if you're gonna kill your kid and your wife yeah Jesus so fucking Christ yeah I was, when I was watching this, my jaw was hanging down. I was like, wow, this is nuts. That's bonkers, dude. Apparently, my grandpa was friends with Christina's dad. um, And I guess the family still lives around. I don't know, like, where. Right. Yeah. So, it's just, it's super sad, though. That's really fucking sad. I can't imagine. No. It's probably, like, the worst way to die. And what a piece of, like, he... That is so cool. It's cold-blooded to kill your wife, mm-hmm. but then, but then to let kid... a car crush your kid and walk away, because he probably didn't die immediately. No. He suffered, and 100% you just left him there I mean, for so did Christine. seven. Yeah. Yeah, because, like, he's a real fucking monster. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think the, the thing about it is, nobody would have nobody would have suspected him. He would have gone away with it all had his wife not been like, something is not right here. Good on her. Yeah. I know. That's why I, I was I was talking to my mom about it, and I was like, you know, um, I give her kudos for not being, like, in denial because I feel yeah. like a lot of new wives are like, no, he could never do that. Especially it's not her, you know, it's not her biological kid no. who's killed, but she just knew something was off, and that's so crazy. Yeah. Oh, my God. So that's my st- – oh, I'll tell you now how I almost got shot when I lived in Kansas. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> See, I forgot you didn't. Yes. <laughs> My brain's coming back a little bit, you guys. I'm so excited. (laughs) Um, So I lived in Kansas, as we've mentioned, for several years while my husband was stationed there in the Air Force. We lived in this crabby little apartment close to base, and I was getting ready to go to my – I worked at the mall, and I was getting ready to go to work. Um, But I was on one of those shifts where I had a call in first. If they needed me, they – So you were, like, like on call, basically. Yeah. So – I called. They're like, "We're slow. We don't need you." And I was like, "Sweet," <laughs> because I would have been leaving then. Right. So uh, around the time I would have been leaving to to go to work, I hear gunshots, and I'd never really heard gunshots before. And like, I was really confused. So I called my mom, and I was like, "I don't know what's happening." And she's like, "Well, don't go outside. Just stay inside." Well, um, I did go outside. Like eventually, <laughs> like, I waited a little bit, but I. I <laughs> Um, uh, while I was still on the phone, I walked outside. <laughs> <laughs> there were people congregating, so I was like, oh, what's happening? Well, it ended up being that somebody had driven by um, my front door faced another building. It didn't face the street. So, mm-hmm. like, the side of our apartment building faced the, like, street slash parking lot. Right. Um, some dude trying to murder his girlfriend drove by, shot into the building, 
one round went into my neighbor's window and landed between the walls of our apartment and other rounds went into the sterile and ricocheted so you could see the bullets like ricochet off the building which i would have been going down the stairs at that time to go to work yeah it was crazy they found who did it in a matter of a day wasn't hard to figure out and his girlfriend lived on the complete opposite side of the building idiot real really but I got interviewed by CSI people it was crazy really scary and I was just the first shooting that happened at that complex so yeah it was yeah great place to live totes (laughs) glad we don't live there anymore (laughs) but yeah that's my, my story anyways now it's your turn woo alrighty so my case, I was actually researching this morning because we we're planning on, like we were saying earlier, kind of pre-recording some stuff. Yeah. So I was trying to have a couple more, like, ready. Oh my god. So this one is fucking bonkers. And it's actually kind of funny. Well, the case isn't funny. Yeah. But, so it happened in um, Castro Valley. Okay. Which is, like, from, like, my house, like, maybe, like, 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. So just yesterday. <laughs> oh, jeez. So after the wedding, uh, me, Zach, and then a couple of other people were going to go back to Brandon's apartment and, like, have a, a couple beers. Yeah. And uh, so it's us two, Brandon, and then our buddies, Cole and Rob, in the car with us, mm-hmm. right? And the wedding reception was in, like, the Oakland Hills. Okay. And from there to Brandon's apartment would maybe been, like, 25 minutes. <laughs> so the Oakland Hills, there's only kind of, like, one way in, one way out. Yeah. Um, like, a couple, like, just, like, a couple of, like, small one-lane roads. And one of them, if you go down it, there's like one turn off and it goes to the town that Brandon lives in. Okay. We were driving, but there's like no reception because it's, you're up in the hills. Yeah. We missed our turn <laughs> because we didn't have reception, so the thing didn't tell us we left here. Yeah. Right? And then a good like 10, 15 minutes. By the way, Brandon's going to fucking kill me for telling this story. <laughs> he got so mad at me because <laughs> I was like the co pilot. <laughs> hey, Brandon. Yeah. Hey, uh. <laughs> Uh, he was like, I'm pretty sure you were supposed to turn left back there. But this is like 10 minutes after we were supposed to turn left, oh right? Oh my gosh. And then I'm like, no, you're a fucking idiot. Like, <laughs> and like, uh, Rob, Cole, and Zach are all like, yeah, like, Brandon, you're a fucking idiot. And he's like, no, we're gonna like end up in Castro Valley or some shit. And then we're like, are you stupid? Like, like we were kidding. Like, oh my god. So he started getting salty. Yeah. Like, he was just like, me, 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 me. Like, <laughs> can just picture it now yeah and we're we're just like shitting on him at this point yeah and then all of a sudden by the way please excuse harlow yeah uh, she's a loud mouth. if you can hear her uh then lo and behold we passed castro valley high school <laughs> <laughs> and um i was like yeah, and brandon was probably and then he's just... like so who's the fucking idiot now yeah <laughs> and he's like jamie <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> so yeah he got mad salty oh at me gosh. um that's funny semi-deservedly I mean, it's funny, though. I know. Well, I was like, if you had warned us, like, when we were supposed to turn left, and he was like, you could have turned around. Oh I'm like, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, you didn't know where you were. Yeah. <laughs> what would we do without GPS, though? Oh, God. For I don't real. know. <laughs> uh, I'd be screwed, for sure. Yeah. Um, if you think same. I can't do math, I definitely can't read a goddamn map. <laughs> oh, same. Uh, but yeah, so that's how uh, I ended up not getting home until, like, 2 in the morning last night, because added an extra like 40 minutes to our drive because oh we had to get, go through Castro Valley yeah, and then all the way back to where Brandon lives and then Brandon lives an extra like 20 minutes away from us that's annoying yeah I'd so. be salty yeah about it mm-hmm. but, but I here we are. show it because I wouldn't want Brandon to know <laughs> well here we are now <laughs> um all right so, so this happened in Castro Valley so that okay. was 
your story, the, your tie-in. whole ta- tangent there. Gotcha. Um, so it happened almost 25 years ago, like, like a month ago. Okay. So. A long time ago. Yeah. Uh, so May 27th, 1994, just two days after her 14th birthday, oh. um, a, a young lady named Jenny Lynn came home from school and was talking to her friend on the phone. Mm-hmm. Um, she was like. So, Jenny was a straight-A student. She was, like, really big into, like, music. Like, all of her extracurricular stuff was music. Like, she did piano recitals. Oh, cool. Like, she was a huge... Like, piano was, like, her thing. I think she also played, like, the violin and maybe another instrument also. Yeah. She was super smart, super... Like, she had a... Like, she was going places. Yeah. Right? Um, and, like, things that she would frequently do when she would get home from school would be, like, talk on the phone with her girlfriends and sometimes, like, have, like, the phone, like, set up on speaker and then, like, play piano for them. Oh, cool. Like, it yeah. was really cute. She was good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so she was on the phone until about 5.15 p.m., like, via the, like, phone records. Um, soon, like, soon after that, uh, after she got off the phone, somebody broke into the house, forced her to take off her clothes, um, stabbed her multiple times in a bathroom. Oh, my God. So they, they, like, tied her up and bound her and, like, duct taped her mouth, um, in the upstairs bathroom. So they uh-huh. made, forced her up the stairs. Um, the investigators say that the killer either entered through a broken window or the sliding glass door of the house. Okay. But there's no signs of forced entry necessarily, but the weird thing that I found was that the window was seemingly broken from the inside. Weird. Very weird. So... Maybe they were trying to confuse it, you know? I think so. Um, but I also read this thing, um, so the family was, um, they were, they're Asian and they were, like, very religious, and I'll get to this later, but the uh, one of the guys that they thought did it, he was also Asian. Okay. Um, and there's some part of like culture that if like if you have like a downstairs window or something, and it's opened or broken, this uh, the dead person's spirit can like go through it and like exit the house or something. Oh, I see. So I don't know all the like f- it particulars. Family potentially, but I don't know why we would break the window. Why, why wouldn't you just open it? Right. But I don't know That's if it has true. to be broken for, like, that to be... I, I, I'm really not 100% sure. Right. <clears throat> okay. I mean, also, 90s, people don't lock their doors. Right. So, or their sliding glass doors. I, see, I really, in my heart of hearts, think the sliders maybe left open, or maybe she accidentally left it unlocked. Was it summer? Um, no, it was, May, it was May, so it was probably warm. Yeah, so it could have been that it was even open just to let the nice... Right. You know. There's a lot of different yeah. reasons it could be like that. Yeah. Um, her dad came home from work around 6.45 found, p.m. and found her body. That's terrible. Yeah, so they weren't robbed. Nothing was missing. Um, they, it's thought that the killer might have. She was. She was not sexually assaulted. I was gonna ask. But it's believed that the the guy maybe wanted to. Yeah, I mean, Um, if you take her clothes off, make her take her clothes off. Yeah, and she was like bound and like positioned in a way that looks like maybe like he got interrupted, and then just like killed her and bounced. That's so sad. Yeah. Um. Investigators with bloodhounds tracked a man sent through a field that was right behind the, behind the family home, and they think that's how they escaped. Yeah. Um, so, and this is fucking weird. So, um, Jenny's dad said that on on or about May twelfth, so mm-hmm. just over two weeks before, between six and seven thir- seven thirty p.m., a person similar to uh, I'll post a photo, but there's a photographed man um, approached him at the Bayfair Bart Station in San Leandro. So, when the dad was, like, on his way home from work. Yeah. he said, I have a proposition for you. I have your daughter. Okay. Very weird. But he, like, kind of just thought this guy was, like, a freak and just... Well, yeah, I mean, those types of things on bar, you just... Yeah. Would tend to ignore. Oh, I mean, absolutely. Yeah. I I mean, 
I no longer have to take BART anymore because I don't have to commute to the city anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Holla. Yeah. <laughs> but. Which is awesome. Yeah. But like, thank you. You're welcome. But yeah, the weirdos on BART are like a whole different breed of oh, weirdo. Yeah. I mean, I've only taken BART a few times in my life, but let me tell you. Um, and if y'all are not like from the Bay Area and are not familiar with the BART, it's like kind of like our train system. Yeah. Um, the Bay Area Rapid Transit is, is. what it stands for. It's and been around for a like a million years. Weirdos. A bunch of fucking weirdos. Yeah. Like it's it would be comparable to like the New York like subway, but like not nearly as complicated. Or yeah, as in <laughs> and not under not so much underground, just yeah. a couple bits. Yeah. Um. But anyways, so uh, the person was described as an adult male, about thirty to forty-five years old. Um, in the ninety uh, in ninety-four, yeah. And between five eight and six six foot, um, thin with very like gaunt features. How did they get a? So that was the description of the man that oh stopped the talk to the, the dad. Bar. Okay, right, and that's why there's like a photo I because see. they think he's like oh it kind of looked like this guy. Yeah, um, Alameda County Sheriff's Department has ha- hadn't considered this person a suspect because again they kind of thought it was a weirdo. Yeah, it's just random. Um, in 2006, so 12 years after the murder, uh, police finally publicly named a prime suspect in the case. Wow. Named Sebastian Alexander Shaw, who was born his birth name i'm gonna fuck this up uh chow kwong okay chow kwong ho um he was born in vietnam in 67 okay and then immigrated to america changed his name okay um police in oregon had arrested shaw in august of 94 after finding him with a stolen car and two rifles taken from a san ramon home uh just three days after jenny was killed Hmm. um when he was arrested shaw had a pornography and a murder kit in the car he was believed to have stolen in the san ramon burglary Mm-hmm. The kit included a ski mask, surgical gloves, duct tape, knives, binoculars, and plastic handcuffs. Okay. Yep. Uh, Red flag. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, at the time he was announced as a prime suspect, he'd already been convicted of three killings in Oregon and told police that he had kind- killed 10 to 12 more people. Wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, about a year later, so uh, 2007, uh, months after investigators submitted reports to the Alameda County district attorney's office uh, to determine if there was enough evidence for an arrest warrant it was announced that a jury would not convict Shaw for Jenny's murder based on the information that was available at the time Hmm. so the whole thing is just fucking bananas yeah so yeah this guy's currently in prison in Oregon and they can't like pin it on him but like they're pretty sure it's him that's crazy and like he like loosely matches the description of that guy that yeah which is crazy um and I found this on reddit um so like some things that like I'm very curious about also yeah was like I want to know more about that guy yeah like the Bart guy yeah like how did they know him like right. were, were they casing the house right you know what I mean because so did he follow him home before he like came up to him and said that yeah you know like the- and the other wild part is like there was only like an hour and a half window between the time she got off the phone with her friend and she was found dead so not a lot of time no so it's like, how did, I mean, did the guy know that she was on the phone? You know, there's a lot of, like, weird timeline right. pieces that don't really make sense. Watching her. Yeah. Which is creepy. Ugh, ew, it gives me chills. Yeah. So, um. Wow. Yeah, like, there was literally, like, nothing on the crime scene. There was no DNA. There was no nothing. Like, it was a very clean crime scene. Like, um, I've seen, there's, so there's a, her family started a charity in her name. Um, where they send uh, kids to like music camps and stuff. Oh, cool! It's really fucking cool. Yeah. We'll link to it in the show notes and stuff. Um, but like literally, because they talk, they have a little blurb about her murder and like what happened. Yeah. They her own family even says like it was honestly like a perfect crime. 
because like there was nothing yeah. to go on. So it's like unlikely they'll ever really no. know who did it. Yeah. Like sure. I said, Shaw is like the number one suspect. Yeah. Like, mean, but no evidence. None. I mean, how do you know? Mm-hmm. But what are the odds of someone random like that, you know? Yeah. Um, kind of, yeah. Yeah, isn't that bonkers? Yeah. It's yeah. creepy. Not so a lot creepy. creeps me out. It reminds me a little bit of the East Era Rapist. Yes. And he creeps. He's one of the, the few people who really creep me out. And, like, yeah. I used to have nightmares about it um, because I'd listened to a podcast and I read a book. It was really in-depth, and it was right before they caught him. Oh, Jesus Christ. And so then, like, a week later, they caught him, and I was like, whew, cool, my nightmares can stop now because <laughs> he's so creepy. Um, oh, and I forgot. So I actually read another little thing um, on, like, this Zodiac Killer blog. Yeah. And so there's, like, some sort of, like, there's some, like, weird theories that they're like, oh, maybe this is kind of related. I don't think it is. Yeah. But around the same time, there was another, um, like, teenage girl that was murdered kind of nearby mm-hmm. that also was, like, a musician. It was really strange. Yeah. But I don't believe the other girl was Asian, so I don't know if that has, like, anything to do with it. But there's, like, thoughts that this might be tied. she, found similar? Mm -hmm. Like, she was, uh, it was also a stabbing, but it it was, the, like, M.O. seemed different. Which, which, did they make her take her clothes off, too? I don't remember, but, like. seemed like a major component of that. Yeah, it just, that one seemed just a little bit weirder. Yeah. Wow. That's so, that's Mm -hmm. so sad. Yeah. Poor thing. Little baby. Yeah. Um, I mean, maybe you know, we should start ending these on like, like a little bit of a lighter note. I know. So I was you... thinking that. <laughs> Are you listening, reading, watching anything good um, to recommend to people? I mean, it's not like super true crime related. In fact, really kind of not at all. But I just started okay. watching Riverdale again. <laughs> I've never seen it. It's honestly trash television. It's garbage. Okay. okay. All right. But I watched I mean, shoot, it. Shoot, I admitted I watched Teen Mom. So. <laughs> true you do but this isn't like even like reality yeah um so it, it it's like kind of like, I, I don't want to say it's true crime adjacent because it's not it's like all made up it's yeah. based off of fucking comic books but it's like mystery right yeah it's all like mi- mystery it's like if murders are involved in like a lot of like extortion and stuff i actually think you'd probably like it yeah um so yeah i watched season one like a year or two ago and i kind of forgot about it and it popped up on my like netflix list yeah and so while I was sick a couple days last week, I watched a lot of Riverdale. Yeah. I'm, like, halfway through season two. We were sick. It's a perfect opportunity to catch up on your TV. Exactly. So, yeah, I've been That's watching yours. Riverdale. been enjoying it. Well, mine is... Bef- so, this is going to come out before. We just did a screen recap, actually. We're recording mm-hmm. out of order. But watch Exhibit A on Netflix. That's what it's called, right? Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, because teaser. teaser. <laughs> we're um, going to be covering that on Wednesday. And mm-hmm. you can very feasibly watch all four episodes. They're pretty short. Yeah, like 30 minutes or so. Between now, which is Monday, and Wednesday when our yes. screen recap will come out. Because so then you'll know what's going on. <laughs> heads up um, if you want to. <laughs> if, if you'd like to be if involved. If you want to come in prepared. <laughs> Otherwise, um, you'll be listening to a bunch of um, spoilers. Yes. So, But, yeah, it's actually a great show. 10 out of 10 would recommend it. Yeah, I liked it. it. Um, otherwise, I guess really, I mean, I think it's what I, all I got. Yeah, that's not really watching, reading anything like super. It's I'm kind of in a lull right now. I know, like, I don't want to say I got true crimed out because it's not necessarily true, but like, when you're doing your own pos- podcast, it's kind of almost hard to listen to other ones too. It gets there, yeah, yeah. Um, well, so. especially because I feel like now I'm getting to the point where I've listened to. 
I'm pretty caught up on all of the podcasts I normally listen to, mm-hmm. and they're just going back and doing such, like, known cases that I've already heard or I already know so much about that yeah. I'm, like, not interested in. Yeah, I, I feel that. Yeah. And so, I've, I mean, again, this is not true crime-related, but I've listened to a couple podcasts that are, like, comedy podcasts that I really enjoy. Um, one that I've been really enjoying a lot lately is Why Won't You Date Me with Nicole Byer. Never heard of it. I don't watch. I don't listen to any podcasts that are not true crime. So this one's super funny. Are you familiar with Nicole Byer, who she is? Have, no. Did you watch Nailed It on Netflix? I know. I've seen it, but I've never watched okay, it. Okay, so she's Again, the host. I like true crime slash murders, mysteries. Um, so this is not that at all. <laughs> uh, so it's Nicole Byer. She's a comedian. She's the host of Nailed It on Netflix. Okay. Um, she's fucking hysterical. And she's been, like, perpetually single. Like, she's never had a boyfriend, and she's, like, in her, like, late 20s, I think. Okay. Uh, but she talks about all of her, like, sexual exploits and, uh, her experience with Tinder and oh, gosh. all of that. I can imagine that's entertaining. Oh my god, it's so funny. And she has, like, all of her comedian friends on and they talk about, like, like dating in, like, the century and, okay. I bet like, how wild yeah. it is. I bet it is. I mean, yeah. shoot, I got married at 18, so I really don't know. I missed out on it for the most part. Well, I mean, saying, like, I've been with Zach since I was 18. Yeah. So it's just, like... We missed that whole yeah. online dating thing yeah. and the Tindering. And the Tinder, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank God. Uh, what are those at Hinge? <laughs> oh, yeah. So, all right, well. Yeah, so give that a listen. Solid, it's funny. solid recommendations. Yeah, it's funny. Even if you're in a relationship, it's really fucking funny. All right. <laughs> I might have to, if I'm feeling non-true crimey, I'll, I'll put it on my watch list. Yeah, it's super funny. I'm sure I will for maternity leave. I'm, like, running out of stuff to watch. My yeah. friend was like, you need to build up a solid arsenal for when you're on maternity leave mm-hmm. because you're going to basically be up all day and all night and you need stuff to watch. Yeah, you're going to be bored. So, <laughs> so yeah. So all right. That's, that's all that from us. The, that's yeah. all for this week. Um, yeah, tune in Wednesday for Exhibit A. Yep. And we'll catch you then. Yes. All right. Bye-bye. Bye.